Mahomes back, throws, it is incomplete, yes. picked off, picked off by the Lions. Brian Branch with it left side. He's going, baby! He's going to the house! Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Deflected yes. in the air, Branch ran under it, and he took it all the way back. Week three of the 20 Minute Huddle podcast with PJ Clark here, and we're doing it, PJ, at Ford Field after a Lions victory, 20 to 6 over the Atlanta Falcons. And I'm glad that we had Brian Branch in that little uh, lead in yeah, there. Yeah, another because, good day for that. Man, this kid. They, I think they have something pretty special in him, Beach. He's he is real good. I mean, you saw it at all three levels today, making plays in the pass game, making plays behind the line of scrimmage in the run game. He is he is something special. Eleven tackles, three tackles for loss, two passes defended, and it's pretty good. Maybe you have an argument between him and Aiden Hutchinson that he was the best player on the field for a defense that played outstanding against Atlanta. I thought Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator, had a terrific game plan. Um, took away what it, what Atlanta wants to do, which is run the football. They came in averaging 170 yards on the ground through their first two games. Would they have 20 total uh, carries for 44 yards, 2.2 average? And, and Aaron Glenn made Arthur Smith go away from what he does best. They were that good against the run that a team that usually doesn't abandon the run abandoned it in the second half and that was from then on it was totally advantage Detroit Lions yeah they needed to put up points and they just were not getting anywhere on the ground and it was you know a, a, a vaunted run game with a thousand yard rusher last year and the best running back in in this draft and Lions stifled them it was just it was it was unbelievable six total points 183 yards of total offense for Atlanta 44 yards on the ground I mean that was a dominant performance plus seven sacks and 11 tackles for loss I mean they completely dominated Atlanta defensively flip the script from from last week I mean the run defense was good last week we talked about it a little bit post game but you got pressure on the quarterback, which is what everybody talked about all week. And, and Kaminsky brought it up on, on Thursday. Great point. Just they're going to come in bunches. They yeah. definitely came in, in a big bunch came today. in a lot of bunches. And then Aiden with, you know, getting two um, late, including the, the, the last one that also included a, a forced fumble and a fumble recovery to essentially clinch the game. Defended two passes, had four tackles, a tackle for loss. I mean, you look at the stat sheet defensively, and Aiden Hutchins basically had a mark in on every line except for interceptions. Yeah, I mean, that's what you're expecting from Aiden Hutchinson, mm -hmm. I think, in year two now as he continues to develop and continues to get better. These are the games that are going to push him into that elite tier of, of edge rusher, especially when you do it late in the game in the fourth quarter when your opponent is is driving to cut it to a one-score game like he did today. Yeah, what a bounce-back performance, right? Because we talked all week about this defense needing a bounce-back. You know, even though I didn't think they played terrible, I, I, this the offense, you know, kind of spotted uh, Seattle 14 points, in my opinion, last week. Um, but, you know, they had only one sack in, in two games. They were getting pressure, but they basically weren't finishing. I think that was maybe the key word for me this week, that the buzzword was finish, right? finish at the quarterback, finish with turnovers, just finish the game. And I thought their defense did that 
100% today in, in all areas. It was really, I mean, it was it was an incredible performance by all three levels. I mean, you have two backup safeties in there, Ify Malafanwu and 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 Tracy Walker. I know he's he is mad that he dropped two interceptions. Oh, his, that's, his teammates are going to get through him. That's okay, but so bad. Those two guys. Those two guys were shot out of a cannon they over were. the middle, and and every ball over the middle that Ritter tried to hit a hit a hole shot on, just the safeties were there. I thought it was great at the back end. I thought you saw Jack Campbell get after the quarterback. I thought the linebackers were pretty good, and then obviously the the defensive line, interior edge rushers, Aline McNeil with the big sack, mm-hmm. Benito Jones with the first sack of the game. I mean, everybody showed up on all three levels of the defense today. Yeah, shout out to Iffy. You know, he he's made that transition from corner to safety, but he hasn't played a lot. I think, you know, he got in there last year but then got hurt. Yep. Um he's been he's battled injuries early on and you know, for him to have the impact that he did, you know, three tackles, had a big pass defense, you know, late in that game, had a tackle for loss. Um like you mentioned it. I th- they got performances from all three levels. I thought they got terrific linebacker play. It was just a a dominant defensive performance when they were down some key guys. And I think that's a credit to Brad Holmes. It's a credit to Dan Campbell um, that, that that they kind of kept this train rolling despite the injuries and the guys that they were missing on that side of the football. Yeah, and, and they, they preach depth all offseason, right? It's always been a next man up thing, especially on the defensive line when you're looking. You go, okay, you go eight deep at edge. Time to use them. It's, yeah. It is time. This is – you have James Houston might be out for the year. Somebody's got to step, no, Josh step Pascal, up. Josh Pascal, they're missing. Yeah, you, you. It is time for this depth and this roster that, you know, you talked about a lot even during training camp. The back end of the roster has improved so much from when this all started two years ago, and now you need those guys, and you mm-hmm. need those guys to be key players. And I think all of it was on display today. This is what Dan Campbell had to say about the defensive performance to wrap up that side of the football. So it's very difficult. You, you know, you can't always, as, as much as you want to talk about playing that type of defense, it's hard to bank on that. You know, offensive football has really um, come a long way. And, and, uh, and so it, it's very difficult. And I think that's pretty telling for, for what we were able to do today. You know, that, that's, uh, that was an impressive performance by our guys. And, and, you know, it helps when you're able to take them out of what they do best. Uh, which we were able to do, you know, that's what we were trying to do last week against Seattle is, is take them out of that game. But we were able to do it today, and now you feel like you got the upper hand. So we were able to do that early. Offense was able to hold on to that ball and score enough points and, you know, kind of stay within that two-score um, lead. And, you know, it, it really allowed us to do a lot of things defensively. So It was a terrific defensive performance, and that's got to give – um, you know, Dan Campbell, a lot of confidence. You got to feel good about heading it. into a short yeah, week you have to feel good on the road in Green Bay on Thursday. All right, let's talk about the other side of the ball because this offensive line injuries are starting to to mount here. Yeah, you know, they were already without um, you know Big V. They were already without Taylor Decker, and then you lose Matt Nelson in the first half. Dan Skipper, who was signed to the practice squad and elevated to the roster on Saturday. Gets to, has to jump in there, boom, left hamstring injury. He can't return. Colby Soresdale, the rookie, fifth-round pick, who played tackle and in college, but you shifted to guard. That's where he's played pretty much all offseason, all training camp. Now you've got a 
push him back the outside hand, to the right handful tackle. of Sorstel tackle reps throughout OTAs and training camp. I think you can you can maybe put it on two hands. It yeah. was not a lot. And credit to him. Now, look, it wasn't perfect, certainly. And, and you know, they had to protect him a little bit with some chips and some tight ends. I thought they did a good job of that. But for that young man to step in and play outside on an island over there um, and, and, you know, kept Jared, you know, pretty clean for the most part, uh, I thought it was a good job by him. And, again, it speaks to the depth that we talk about. Right yeah, now. and it, and you even were able to run it off that right side a couple times after he came in. And, yeah, Laporta was there for, for help and clearing some of that path. But, I mean, listen, it it worked. You were able to to run the ball and really put put the game away. Gibbs came on late after nothing was going on in the in the first half on the ground. Nothing was going on in the first three quarters on the ground. And you know, Jared made a point in his post game presser that that Ben got Jameer going a little bit there. Thirty six rushing yards on on that last drive, I believe it was. And you really you started to see it all come together even with an offensive line that was so banged up. Yeah, those back-to-back plays on the drive that they went up 20-3 to where he had 12 yards off the left side and then busted that one down the sideline for 21 inside the 10-yard line. Detroit would score three plays later on a Jared Goff three-yard Yeah, didn't have that one pegged. No, the the little, uh, you know, read option. Everybody in the building thought Shamir Gibbs was at least going right into the pile. Not not Jared. Yeah, Jared was joking about it. He had a good time with it after the game. But but look, Gibbs, overall, right, you knew he was going to have to step up. You knew he was going to take a bigger part of the the, the chunk for the run game with um, David Montgomery out with that thigh injury. 17 rushes, 80 yards, a 4.7 average. I, I thought he was fine. He was, you know, he... He didn't have a whole bunch of holes early on, but when they did provide a hole, you know, I thought he was quick to get through it and and got what he could. We didn't see some of the stuff we saw last week in terms of him bouncing it outside Mm -hmm. and losing yards. I think he put his foot in the ground. He got north and south, and that's just the kind of game this was. And then when it opens up finally, you take advantage of that, and you end up with the game he did. I think you, in that fourth quarter, specifically on that last drive, you, you started seeing it click a little bit like oh this is this is what this is supposed to look like everybody goes out Jameer Gibbs is an offensive weapon we're going to use him in different ways that is like he's you could see the second gear starting Mm -hmm. to kick in today for for maybe the first time and you know we we talk about how much of a receiving weapon he is two targets one catch for two yards like was not even part of the the receiving game today and still put up I mean, I think it was his best game through the through the first three. Yeah, and he didn't need to be a big part of the patch nope. game because no, a fellow rookie had his back. Look, we're so used to Amon Ross St. Brown getting his, and he had nine catches on twelve. It is hilarious that for we're 102 just not yards, gonna, and it's like we're not know, even going to talk about nine for 102. No, it doesn't it's matter. Just, it's That's just, him. Yeah. You just expect that. Oh well, but you don't expect eight catches on eleven targets. Uh, for 84 yards plus a 45-yard touchdown from your rookie tight You might want to start expecting it. You might want to because his 18 catches through the first three games, most ever by a tight end in his first three games. I mean, that's the kind of impact Sam Laporta is having early on in his career. And, look, we asked Jared, uh, you know, about him and his comfort level with him, um, you know, after the game, and this is what Jared had to say. Yeah, the first day he was at OTAs, probably. Um, he's a stud. He's a stud and uh, has great feel for the game, has uh, great hands, obviously, has good speed. Um, 
blocks well when we ask him to block. But I know for me personally, he does a great job in the route progression. I think the most exciting part about him, and I, I'm sure he'd say this, is he's not even playing as well as he really could. You know, there's still some little rookie things that happen here or there. Um, that you know, the, the sky's the limit for him, and it, it's going to be fun to hopefully play with him for a long time. That's a lot of confidence coming from a veteran quarterback toward a rookie tight end. Look, you just you don't see it a lot, Peach. We talk all the time. Outside of quarterback, tight end is probably the hardest uh, position for a rookie to come in and make a big impact just as because of all the positions you're learning and you have to know all the run fits and you have to know the protections. And it's, it's a really difficult um, position. And look, Lions coaches have been hard on Laporta because I think they saw early on, you know, what he could be. And look, he comes to work with a smile on his face every day. I don't think I've ever seen Always that guy. smiling. Without a smile. Always smiling. He's always smiling. He's just a really good dude. And it turns out he's a really good football player, too. And, again, you get Branch in the second round. You get Laporta in the second round. I mean, uh, Brad Holmes picking up some of these guys, and, and these rookies having a big impact. And, and not your first two guys, even though they did too, but your guys into day two of the draft are now starting to become some of your better football players. Good I, job by him. I mean, I- Eight eighty-four and and a touchdown, and the it's not just like the yards. Eighty-four yards is great for anybody rookie, not rookie, whatever. The way he gets them, he's taking like an eight-yard check down, and he's bouncing off three guys for t- to to get you know fifteen. He's breaking tackles. He's running after the catch. He's finding a hole in the zone. I mean, the touchdown was beautifully designed, running kind of like a reverse leak up there, and he's wide open, and Jared floats it out to him. It was, it was perfect. Hit him in stride. Nobody within 15 yards of him. I mean, that's a layup. It's credit to Ben Johnson, but for a team that had the franchise record for tight end touchdowns last year, I mean, that was a, that was a point everybody wanted to mm-hmm. make, and you're adding a top 34 pick to that group. I mean, they clearly want to use them, and at this point, there's no reason not to. And the big thing for me, too, is some of the third down catches, right? I mean, for Goff to have that much confidence. Because when you have Amara, who's going to get doubled on right. every third down, you need that second option, and he's stepping right in. Yeah, you know what's scary? I, this could go so many ways. We haven't even seen the JMO effect yet. No, no, we have not. Because I think the two guys that benefit the most from Jamison Williams are Amon Ross St. Brown and Sam Laporta. You know, guys that operate in the middle. And if you bring that threat, that speed, if, if JMO makes some plays early on and now they've got to defend Detroit a little different than they have these first three games, now that you don't get that safety over the middle because he's working over. Boy, and now there's just that much more room for a guy like Laporta. It'll be really interesting. I think it'll be fun when, when Jameson Williams gets back, just uh, how much more room there'll be it's gonna for, get for Sam to operate. It's yeah. going to get interesting quick. And, I mean, this was a this was a different offensive game, I feel like, than the first two sure. with, the, with the O-line issues. Jared got hit a lot. It was kind of a, a quick pass game, throw into the boundary, like just get the ball out and, and move on, live to see another day kind of thing. Like, I mean – Josh Reynolds, who has been great through two games, was not targeted once today. Didn't, yeah. like, was just not, there were no seams to hit. There was no time to let those plays that we saw so much success from in the first two weeks develop. It was all just, you know, don't take a sack, live to see another day, and move the chains. And, I, I mean, 20 points for, for this offense, 
what we've seen last year and, and especially last week, 20 points is on the low end, but they did what they needed to do. You have to win different ways in this league. And today it was about, um, you know, managing the game offensively and then just relying on your defense. You, you know, you knew early on that, that the defense was setting the tone in this game. They were playing terrific. Atlanta had few answers offensively. And so, look, Jared lamented the interception after the game because that's the one thing he didn't want to do. Praise the defense for getting, um, you know, getting you know, Atlanta off the field after the turnover. But this was just, to me, one of those games where you just kind of had to, to take what they were giving you, manage the game, score when opportunities were there, hit a big play when it was there, talking about the 45-yard touchdown to Laporta, but um, rely on your defense. And, and look, we haven't said that a lot over the years. Let's nope. be honest. Um, this was a game, I thought Atlanta's defense had a pretty good plan. Detroit was down some guys up front. Knew this was going to be a grinded game offensively, and, and the defense stepped up and won them this game. And I think that's great moving forward that you know that it's in this defense, that, that it's there. Yep. They've got guys against that can a good take offensive team, over too. A game. And so, look, now it shifts to a short week, right? It's all about the players getting their bodies right. A uh, little bit of sleep this week for, for Campbell and company. Talked about that after the game. Um, it's about getting a game plan together. Uh, Green Bay was down 17 nothing, I think. Yep. Came back and won 18-17. Flipped, flipped it. So, look, Thursday's about first place in the NFC North. Uh, division opponent at their place. Both teams 2-1. and one. It's a fun place to be at the end of September. It is it a fun is, place is, to be talking a about a, place a first be. place matchup. And so, um, look, great win by the Lions. Uh, they owed the fans one here. The fans showed up. It was loud here. They were great. Um, now you've hit the road. And uh, on a short week, and we're going to see what this 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 team's all about. Yeah, you know, coming this off is... a, a good win on a short week, can they put the game plan together? Can they get some guys healthy? Healthy. Hopefully, you got guys like Decker. Um, maybe we might see Emmanuel Mosley, Montgomery. Um, I mean, Montgomery. We'll start to see that today. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, we'll update you uh, DetroitLions.com through the week on on that. But it should be a fun one Thursday. Yeah. I mean, this is uh, as big of a show me game as today was. I think you're getting the same thing on Thursday because it's it's put up or shut up time on Thursday night. Well, it should be fun, and we will be in Green Bay. We will have a post-game uh, podcast like we always do, and hopefully we're talking about another win, Page, a 3-1 and one Lions team, and, and off and running. Off and run.